welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle, and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research, and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. Welcome to today's podcast. So today I'm talking to you about what is sensory processing disorder. Now, it may also be referred to as SPD, sensory processing difficulties, or even sensory integration dysfunction. So you can Google search for all of these things and it will come up with the same information. So a sensory processing disorder is when someone's brain finds it difficult to organise the sensory information it's receiving. So this can impact someone's everyday living. My brain will take in the sensory information around me. So that might be smells, tastes, textures, things I can see, things that I can hear. But it can also be messages from inside of my body as well. When my brain receives these sensory inputs, it then needs to organise them and send messages to the parts of my body for me to respond to it. If someone has difficulties organising the sensory information that their brain's receiving, it can mean the way they respond to the things around them might be different to how you and I do it. So you may have noticed that some people, when they walk into a certain room or a certain space or an environment, they might cover their ears or they might put their fingers in their ears. Or some people may cover their ears and make some noises. So they might hum or they might sing or they might repeat things. Now, the reason why that person is covering their ears and making noise is because the sound that their ears are taking in, their brain is then recognizing all of those sounds and telling them that they're all important which means it can be very overwhelming. For most of us, our brain is able to filter out the sensory input that isn't as important. So in those particular environments, our brains may be able to block out the high frequency sounds of technology or the sound of the traffic outside. However, for people with auditory processing difficulties, it might be that actually their brain is tuning into those sounds. And so all of these sounds are then being told that they're really important. So a sensory processing difficulty is when our brain finds it difficult to organise the sensory messages that it receives. So every single second of our day, our brain is taking in sensory information, both outside and inside of our bodies. 
We commonly talk about eight sensory systems when we're relating to sensory processing difficulties. So we've got the five that we commonly learn about in school that are known as external senses. So we've got our sense of sight, our sense of hearing, our sense of touch, our sense of taste and our sense of smell. So those are the common five that most of us are aware of. However, when we talk about sensory processing difficulties, there's also three internal senses that are massively important for us to understand. And these are proprioception. So that's our sense of body awareness. It tells us where our body is and how it's moving. Our vestibular sense, which is our sense of movement in relationship with gravity. So it's modulated between your ears. So if you imagine if you were to spin around in lots of circles and then I ask you to walk in a straight line, you can imagine that might be quite difficult for you to do because you're still feeling a little bit dizzy from me asking you to spin around. So. Our vestibular sense helps us to control our movement, but is working really closely with our sense of hearing because that's where the fluid is. That's where our sense of balance is between our ears, as well as our visual sense. And the way I can help you to understand that is if you think about when you're feeling dizzy, one of the things that you might do to support yourself is to close your eyes. And so when we remove that visual input, actually it's helping you to reorganize that feeling of movement. And then the other internal sense is known as interoception. And interoception gives us information from inside of our body, from our organs, telling us how fast our heart is beating. Or maybe, that I really need to go to the toilet, or that I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty, or actually that I'm full up, so I'm going to stop eating. So our eight senses are massively important to our everyday living, and sensory processing difficulties can impact any of them. So we know there are three different ways that um, processing sensory information can be impacted. We know that some people may have difficulties with modulating information. So sensory modulation difficulties means that they find it difficult to recognise how much sensory information they're receiving. So it might be that someone seeks out extra sensory input. So you might notice this through their everyday living of they're chewing on something constantly. Or maybe they are singing or humming. Or it might be that they find it really difficult to sit still and they're walking up and down or they're jumping or they're moving. So these people are seeking extra sensory input because their brain is telling them they're not receiving enough. So their body needs more of that sensory input in order to feel regulated. So in order to feel good. We all need to feel regulated in order to focus, in order to attend, in order to concentrate on things. 
So something as simple as sitting and reading my book. If I have difficulties in organising the sound that I'm processing, it might be that I find it really difficult to focus and concentrate on reading that book because I'm so distracted with all of the auditory information that I'm also hearing around me. So we may well have people who seek out extrasensory input. However, we might also have some people who avoid sensory input in relation to modulation difficulties. So if someone avoids sensory input, they may be that person that withdraws from things. So they may cover their ears. They may physically remove themselves from a room, maybe because of the smell or maybe because of the visual input. It can be that people feel overwhelmed quite easily and so withdrawing by sitting there and closing their eyes, falling asleep, blocking things out in a physical way. So modulation difficulties we mainly notice seeking and avoiding characteristics and that can be relating to most of our sensory systems. The other way that we may notice sensory processing difficulties is difficulties through discrimination. Now, discrimination can mean um, the amount of sensory input that someone is processing. So it might be that someone who holds something may always hold it really firmly. So they're not recognising how much force and pressure they're using from their proprioceptive sense. It might be that someone finds it difficult to locate where a sensation has come from. So if someone is sitting in a classroom and a teacher says their name, they may not lift up their head and look towards the teacher or respond immediately, because actually it just takes a little bit longer for them to recognise where that sound has come from. In the same way, you may put an object in someone's hand and they might not hold it, squidge it, throw it, do something with it immediately. It might take them just that little bit longer for them to process and recognise where those tactile sensations are coming from. But the main way that we will recognise um, difficulties with discrimination is through our proprioceptive sense, so through our sense of body awareness. So recognising how much force and pressure I'm using. So it might be that your child or the person you support doesn't recognise how tightly they're hugging you or when they throw something it's always really hard or when they close a door it's always a big slam or maybe when they're walking around the house it's always a big stomp around the house and it's not because they're doing it because maybe they're upset about something so they're trying to communicate that they're upset by stomping their feet it can be because for their body, the amount of sensory input that is regular for them is that level of force that they're using to stomp around the house. So if you do have someone that always gives you a big bear hug, for them, that's the amount of sensory input that is okay. 
So it might be when they hold things that they always use lots of force and pressure. So we've had difficulties with modulation, so the amount of sensory input that someone's processing. We've had difficulties with discrimination, which can be identifying where a sensation is coming from or its intensity, so of resistance, for example. And then the third way that we can recognise sensory processing difficulties is through something called motor-based difficulties. And this is usually where a dyspraxia diagnosis will come in. So it might be that someone has difficulties organising and coordinating their motor skills. So being able to walk through a doorway without bumping into the frame. It might be that manoeuvring throughout a classroom or the office, they might bump into things, they might accidentally knock things off. So for people with dyspraxia, that coordination of their fine and gross motor skills can be where the difficulty is. So those three ways that we recognise sensory processing difficulties is massively important for us to understand. So when we're supporting, whether it's our child or someone that we support, a child or an adult, it's really important to remember that there's not just one way someone may be having difficulties in organising their sensory information. So it might be that someone finds an environment overwhelming because of the sound, but it might also be that within that environment, that person's finding it difficult to engage in something because actually they might need more auditory input in order to focus. So some people like to listen to music while they're working and it helps them to concentrate. When we're supporting people with sensory processing difficulties, it's massively important that we don't try and put our own personal sensory experience onto what we're supporting. So my sensory preferences are very different to the needs of someone with sensory processing difficulties. So how might we recognise some characteristics relating to sensory processing difficulties? So you might notice that at home, for example, someone finds it difficult to brush their teeth. It might be that those daily living self-care activities can be a big struggle. It might be that washing can be overwhelming, whether it's the water, the feel of it on their skin, whether it's the temperature of it, whether it's the bubbles, whether it's the shower cream, whatever that might be. It might be the difficulties with drying, so using a towel. It might be the physical ability to dry myself after a bath or a shower. We might notice then that someone will avoid to do some of these activities. So it might be that they will refuse to put a toothbrush in their mouth because they're so overwhelmed with the tactile experience of that object in their mouth. Or it might be the taste of the toothpaste that's really overwhelming for them. 
Other ways you might recognise characteristics relating to sensory processing difficulties might be that someone wears headphones or listens to music while they're working or in social environments. It might be that they wear their hood up. It might be that they choose certain places to sit in the classroom or at home when they are doing work and when they're doing activities. For some other people, it might be that they need that physical input throughout their day. So having that body awareness in order to help them just feel where their body is. So without me knowing where my arms are, I find it very difficult to do my writing or to play sport because I'm not getting the information to know how to use my body from my brain because my brain's not feeling where my arms are. So you might notice that some people will clap their hands or bang the table or um, push against things, squeeze things before they maybe eat their lunch, before they use a knife and fork or maybe before they do some writing or some typing. Because without waking up their fingers and hands, they'll find it very difficult to use them. In the same way, you might have people that at work prefer to sit on a certain seat. It might be that they sit on a computer chair that swivels. It might be that in school they sit on a gym ball or they sit on a soft seat or a hard seat or they prefer to sit on the floor. And that can be the way again that their body feels in order to help them to concentrate. So difficulties with things like getting my hair cut, difficulties with food, difficulties with learning, difficulties with social interaction can all be massively important for us to understand. Now it might not be that someone has an autism diagnosis. We know there are many people with sensory processing difficulties that don't have an autism diagnosis. They may have an ADHD diagnosis or another neurological diagnosis. So when we're thinking about the social side of things, let's think about smell. It's a really common processing difficulty, but the one that we don't tend to think about or don't tend to notice. So we all wear lots of different smells every single day. I may wear deodorant, I may wear perfume, I may wear shampoo, shower gel, washing detergent. All of these smells are on me as well as my natural smell. And so if someone is sensitive to smell, it's highly likely they'll find it very difficult to be near you, to sit next to you, to have a conversation with you because of the impact the smell is having on them. The way we process smell is slightly different as well. It's processed in a part of our brain where we also understand emotions and form memories. So if you think, if you were to walk past someone who wore the same perfume as your grandma, you're likely to remember or feel a certain way because of that smell. 
So our brain can't store smells. We latch on to those experiences and relate smells back to something we've experienced in the past. So therefore, if someone in the classroom finds someone's perfume really overwhelming, it might seem like They don't want to be anywhere near that person and refuse to do work with them, refuse to sit next to them because actually it's their smell. It's making them feel anxious. It's making them feel sick. It's making them feel really overwhelmed and just wanting to get away from it. One of the best ways to remove a smell or to help block out a smell is through someone's own smell. So you might notice that they actually then smell their top or they smell their sleeve or they have spit around their mouth and on their nose to help to smell that. The other way that someone may support themselves by um, blocking out smell might be to get outside. Now, the weather can be massively difficult for many people, and I'm going to touch that in some other podcasts coming up in the future, so keep a lookout for that. But at the moment, we're talking about what is SPD? So we will notice sensory processing difficulties in children as well as adults. We will notice that it varies as to how much it impacts their daily living and quality of life. So some people may be very independent in their life, where other people may need more support in order to do daily living activities. We will notice that it will impact the choices they make and the way that they can interact in an environment and with certain people. So without us really understanding and recognising these characteristics relating to sensory processing difficulties, we know that we might be missing things, missing ways that we can help to support someone to feel comfortable and safe and supported within the environment that they're in. Like always, if you've got any questions about sensory processing difficulties, please do get in touch. There's lots of information on our website, so sensoryspectacle.co.uk, or you can send me an email, hello at sensoryspectacle.co.uk. You can also find us on all social media platforms. This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, sensoryspectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening.